0: Good morning and welcome to episode 270 of The Morning Light Show. Are you the type of person who is comfortable talking about the hard things in life? Well, my guest today is not only comfortable with the discomfort of talking about the hard things, because let me just clear that up. It's not always comfortable to talk about these things. However, the reward can be so great when we allow ourselves the opportunity to really reflect and explore what's happening inside of ourselves and in the dialogues that we're having with other people. Cherry Rose Tan helps world-class tech founders turn their pain into healing. I got a little stuck on my words there. And her superpower is simply talking about the hard things. On today's episode, she's going to give us some ideas and thoughts and practices that she uses in her own life to move through the discomfort of talking about hard things. And talk about the reward that comes when we give ourselves the freedom and the opportunity to do that. You're going to want to listen in today because her story is incredibly inspiring, and the insights that she shares are going to lead you to some new ways of thinking about how you might heal some area of your life by talking about the hard things. Welcome to the Morning Light Show. I'm your host, Adair Cates. This show will offer you insights and inspiration to free your spirit, open your heart, and start your day off light and bright. All right, here we have it. Morning Light Show listeners, we are so fortunate to have with us today Cherry Rose Tan of hashtag real talk and i want to tell you a little bit about her and then you're going to be completely blown away by her background her stories and the wisdom that she's going to share with you today she helps world-class founders turn their pain into healing and her podcast and movement which is hashtag real talk it's a mental health movement for tech founders And she and the organization have a dogged commitment to capture the most human stories about the most prolific tech leaders in the world. And she recently started a podcast back in May and got in the top 14 of business podcasts on iTunes. And this might be my very favorite part, Cherry. You said your superpower is talking about the hard things. So welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for that epic intro.
0: Oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. Well, oftentimes with my guests, and this is absolutely where I want to start with you because I've heard your story, and I'm very inspired by your story. I would just love for you to tell everyone what, how you got to be where you are today and how, how re- the hashtag real talk started to happen. Just what's the story of Cherry Rose Tan? Oh,
1: that is a juicy question, and um, I'm I'm smiling right now because I feel like if you had asked me this question like two months ago, I think the answer would would have been slightly different. So, um, yeah. So part of my story, and this is part of the exploration. And I'm sure other people are going through this too. Maybe during the pandemic, is just really exploring a lot about ourselves and what we're creating and. Um, you know, I, I currently lead this movement, you know, as you mentioned, like hashtag real talk. And when I kind of look back into its roots, um, it really starts from like a passion and a love for people. And I joke about this, but I'm really not joking. Like I'm a, I'm a people watcher and Mm. I'm, I've been obsessed since I was a young girl about understanding, like, why do we do what we do? Like what, what is it that inspires people to create? How does the human mind work? All that kind of stuff. And I, I started that because I felt like when I was a young girl that um, I, I didn't really like fit in like, like back then. So, and this is something that I've been very public with even with the mental health movement is um, the relationship that I've had to mental health goes Quite quite deep for me, and I had experiences around mental health when I was very young. And so, the earliest experience I can think of for, for mental health, and in the particular, is depression. Like that, that's that's been the one particular one uh, that that's has uh, been most present in, in my life. Um, and I remember having my first experience with depression at age ten. And Um, At the time, I was in grade four, so pretty young, and I had this like experience of myself back then, of like, and I couldn't explain this at the time. I I was noticing that for some reason I was just sad all the time as Mm. like a little girl. I was sad all the time. I was that girl sitting on the windowsill at recess and crying and you know reading her Lord of the Rings books and having <laughs> like no friends and just really like just really distraught and really sad mm. and I remember at the time that um I reached out to one of my teachers at the school and I told this teacher that I was really scared and I thought I, I need I wanted help and I didn't know what was wrong and, and could you help me and I share this story and it'll, and it'll tie very much to the mission of hashtag real talk because my first experience of asking for help in particular around mental health was like what I felt like I got back at the time. And this is not in judgment to the, the person that I asked help mm-hmm. from,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: like what I received back from this teacher was like, I received a lot of judgment. Mm. Um, I, I just felt like I wasn't understood. And mm. I felt a lot of shame where this teacher like yeah i don't know what else to say like this teacher ended up calling like a parent meeting with with my parents and me being there after school and i remember sitting down there and this teacher kind of telling my my parents it's like i just there's something wrong with your daughter there's something mm. wrong with her brain her brain's not working properly it's broken she needs to get help i can't help her and it was so embarrassing for me to be sitting there at this like round table watching this teacher say that about me to my parents when Mm. what I wanted was I just I wanted help and not judgment and so I mean unfortunately or fortunately depending on how you want to look Mm -hmm. at this like this ended up lasting 10 years of my life right so depression yeah depression and anxiety age 10 to 20 and
0: And thinking that it was all you, right? Like that's the part that just like seems so difficult at that age is like, you're literally already depressed and anxious. And you're also blaming yourself because you're depressed and anxious. It sounds like that's kind of what that teacher set you up to believe is like something's wrong with you.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it it escalated too, right? So I know... Yeah, I was 14, so this is like four years later, and then I started having problems with anxiety, like not being able to speak in front of groups. Like I was absolutely terrified. I couldn't really explain it at the time, like why I was so scared. Um, and, And things started to really compound and I think for me, because I was struggling so deeply and, you know, obviously now in context, when I look back at this, especially as, you know, somebody who works in the mental health field, somebody's like, like a psych expert, it's like, I look back at that and it's like, Oh, back then in education, a lot of teachers didn't have training Mm -hmm. with with special education or mental health or psychology. So it makes sense. Now looking back at it, it's like that teacher really just didn't understand what was happening. Right. Um, But yeah, like that, that experience of like, for me at the time was suffering is actually what led me into psychology mm. and and doing what I do because I ended up you know devoting like six years of my education like undergrad uh, undergrad masters was all in psych and then I started off my career being an educator working with the exact same population which mm. was like um, students who are dealing with like depression anxiety panic attacks um, all kinds of things. Um, mm. So I share this and this is something that I think a lot of people don't expect in me sharing this because I work a lot now with like tech CEOs, right? So I spend my days talking with founders, talking with, you know, like uh, venture capitalists who have a lot of founders in their portfolios and like executive directors of tech accelerators. But when I look at the origin story and why I fight so hard for hashtag real talk is like, it comes from this place of like, I've been in that scenario where I've been alone and been judged, and I've had to go through a lot of hardship. And the scenario in particular that really sparked my movement, that really committed me to even go a step further, and not not just um, and not just, uh, for example do this in in maybe private circles but actually mm-hmm. do it now in a forum where it's like the whole industry is engaged is um back in 2017 so this is after i had done so much healing work around my trauma and my mm. depression and my anxiety and i was in a space where i was feeling so good about my life i just had like I joke, but I call it, it's like the sledgehammers of life. It's like, mm. it's like when, the, when, when life just wants to give you a lot of like tests. Um, and mine came in the form of like three high trauma events that happened one after the other. So 2017, I'm a tech founder, I'm in the crypto space, which is super, super hot at the time, very popular. And my brother and I, we both had this this company together, this crypto company together. And um, in the span of four months, those last four months of 2017, I ended up in like this very random car accident. And mm. it uh, I was dealing with just a lot of like uh, physical and just like emotional, like, consequences, right? Mm. Like like damage along like my neck and back and just like not feeling comfortable to even uh, like to drive or to even be like on roads or to even like and anything related to that kind of stuff. And then three months after that, um, my brother, who was the CEO of our company, he suddenly passes away in his sleep on Christmas. Mm. Mm. And that was another... Like, you know, sometimes I don't even know if I have words for it, it's just, it was Mm. so random. There was no warning. Mm. I didn't have a chance to say goodbye and it just happened. And then 10 days after that, my mom got diagnosed with stage three C cancer. And this mm. is in context, especially for the entrepreneurs out there. It's like, this is while my brother and I had mm. this crypto company that we owned together and in an industry where crypto was booming. So we were, we were literally like on the rise. And so mm. um, it felt like when I went through that experience in 2017, I was almost like repeating the same experience that I had back when I was 10. Of yeah. like, I'm in a lot of pain. You know, and I, I almost have to laugh sometimes, right? Because I have to almost like see the humor and, and and find a different way to look at this. But it's like, I was going through so much pain and I had this experience again of like, I I'm asking for help, but why is the experience of asking for help so tough? Mm. And then what came to me, and this is the anger that came through after was like if people are already suffering and they've lost people or they've lost, lost businesses or whatever it is that they're going through, their mental health experience. And then on top of that, like our current status quo makes it so hard for people to get help and get support. Mm. Like, how is that acceptable? Like that's a really low bar. Yeah, for us to show up for like our friends and our family that like, if there's people that we love that are struggling, that they not on on top of whatever it is that they're going through, if it's depression or grief, et cetera, that on top of that, they're dealing with shame and like judgment. Exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah, it's already more, it's already, you know, it's difficult enough. Wow, well, thank you for sharing that story. I mean, I heard it before and it was even, it just struck me even more deeply this time to think about what that I I, it's like, I can't even put myself in the place of what that pain felt like. So from, from there, and I, and I think we are in agreement and alignment on this because we've talked about it previously is you take the pain and you somehow alchemize it Mm. into purpose, into healing, into serving others. So what did that look like for you? Oh, this is such a good
1: question. Um, I I feel grateful, I think, to say that I, I've, I've had a lot of perspective about pain. And I mean, maybe this might be a weird thing to say, but it isn't for me in the context of my life. Like I've actually been very obsessed about pain and not because I want more pain, but because I want to understand the nature of it. Mm. Like I'm very aware. And, you know, even the parts that I've shared right now on the podcast, like this is just, segments of my life right so Mm -hmm, trauma mm -hmm. i'm a trauma survivor of 20 years and what Mm -hmm. i mean by 20 years 20 years of going of ongoing trauma like like really really like deep amounts of trauma Mm. and going through that experience and having that be such a huge chunk of my life i got really obsessed about the relationship we have to pain Mm. and one of the things that i've learned in processing and actually being complete with my brother's death and actually what happened even with the cancer and my accident, all these things, it's like, um, in the times of COVID right now, and especially black lives matter, I think it's very apparent that the planet right now and people in particular, and, 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 and definitely certain communities are going through a lot of pain. Mm. And for a lot of people, maybe this is the first time in being with the fullness of the pain, mm. right? For example, with, Black Lives Matter, there is now a conversation that's finally happening at the global level Mm -hmm. and not just just within those particular communities of how racism, which is a generational trauma, Mm -hmm. has really Mm -hmm. affected not just that individual, but their ancestors and Mm -hmm. their children. And so for me, as somebody who felt like I had a lot of experiences with trauma and I sometimes think about you know what would have ha- what would have happened, or think could things have happened differently if I ha- if I had lived in a different context, right? So, for example, I I'm a first generation immigrant. So when my family and I first moved here from the Philippines, a Filipino Chinese, right? Um, a lot of the things that um, Filipinos go through is really tough, right? There's a lot of poverty in my home country, and when we came here, we came here with like nothing and no family and you know i'm watching my parents build their company from scratch working crazy hours (laughs) trying to learn a new culture and all these things um and so all of that to say that what i (laughs) have the more that i heal and even heals almost like in quotations the more that i actually understand that pain is universal Mm. and that's and at first when I learned that lesson, I actually really resisted it because I initially thought going into my healing journey, you know, 12, yeah, I guess 12 years ago, I thought, oh yeah, like the more that I heal one day, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be like this perfect human being. It's like mm. always happy, always at calm, always at peace. There's no pain. And, and it's kind of funny to, to laugh and to think like what, <laughs> what I actually realized is like, yeah, like Pain is the natural part of the human experience, but what's changed in my healing journey is my relationship to it mm,
0: and like really understanding.
1: Powerful. Yeah. And that understanding of that.
0: So talk to me a little bit more about that, um, relationship. I love that you're bringing this up by the way, cause I've been, I was reading this book recently and it was talking about, mm-hmm. um, having a relationship with your goals and then I've been practicing a lot in my own life around having a relationship with my finances and I don't think we think about certain aspects of our lives in terms of a relationship or even even a co-creation even you know even if it's something like an emotion or a feeling or an area of our life or whatever but it, it truly is a relationship. So tell me more what you mean by having a relationship with pain.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like everybody on this planet has a relationship with pain, but I feel that a lot of what we see in the media and we read in books and a lot of the mantras that we hear about success, um, are, are unhealthy to be honest and Mm -hmm. unrealistic Mm. and um yeah a lot of the models that we have with pain are kind of like let's tough it out or let's ignore it or let's numb it out or let's go work harder on our business and I say this because like these are the kinds of conversations that I have with a lot of my a lot of my champions a lot of my tech CEOs where Mm. as people start to heal and be in and I use the word completion and it's very Mm. intentional and and I know that we both of us are very nerdy about the use of language and the precision Mm -hmm, of language but mm -hmm. completion being complete with our pain is being at peace with our pain which Mm. is very different from fixing our pain yeah and um I just find for a very long time that we actually haven't had healthy resilient models for pain like what is it actually look like to be complete with pain and i recently um how many days has it been i okay so i um launched a video i posted it on my facebook uh, about a week ago and it was called the unraveling mm. and it, it was so random because i okay i woke up one day and i had a thought come into my head and the the question was what does Cherry Rose look like without her trauma? Like who is mm. Cherry, who I'm sorry, who is Cherry Rose without her trauma? And I sat with that question for like I sat with that question the whole day. And and it was really interesting to be with it because it made me feel uncomfortable. And what came up for me in exploring that, and I made a I made a video about this, is like I'm currently in. a daily experiment until the end of the year. So at the time when I posted it, it was 189 days that I committed to, um, to actually explore these like really existential questions of Mm. like, yeah, like what is life after trauma? And I just find that, especially in these movies, and I see this a lot in tech, and this is part of my commitment with with hashtag real talk is like, we're bringing a new form of leadership and it's Mm. not a leadership that is about perpetuating the stories of being a martyr, sacrificing yourself. Let me go work a hundred hours a week. Let's do the hustle and grind because like, I I hear that all the time. Oh yeah, and I'm tired of it. And I just feel it's such a. I feel like I'm about to on a rant. <laughs> I feel like because it's, <laughs> <such a> dis- <laughs> it's like it's such it really is such a disservice to like people who come into the tech world or or whatever is they're doing, whatever is they're creating in the world. And they're creating and, and, and consciously choosing to be creators because they care so deeply about people. And then yet, when I'm supporting these people in back doors, their stories are really heartbreaking. Mm. It's like stories of suffering, of people who like haven't taken vacation for seven years, people who like feel like they don't have a relationship with their kids because they work so hard. Mm. And it's like, I think, especially in this pandemic, you know, we're asking ourselves a lot of existential questions of what life can be. And so the stand that we take for hashtag real talk is a new type of leadership. And it's a type of leadership that's not obsessed about, it's not perpetuating these ideas that like, we need pain in order to, uh, pain in unhealthy way. We need suffering in order to succeed. Mm. And so part of, and part of what we teach now, and this is part of my excitement with the unraveling and and what I'm also doing with myself is this idea of like, what does it look like for a leader to lead when they're actually complete with their pain? Right. Mm. So the idea of like going from pain to healing. So I'm excited about
0: that. (laughs) That's really profound. And I, I really appreciate your just constant desire to evolve as a human, as you know, that's where it usually starts. And then your movement and your brand and your business like tends to follow, right? It's that inner, inner world transformation that spills over into all areas of life. And I, you know, as you were saying all of that, what came to mind for me was just this idea of people being whole. And for so long, we, you're right there. And I, I, I struggle with this still to this day. And I'm sure the listeners do as well is like, There's, there's a belief in me and I'm very consciously clearing it right now that in order to be successful, there has to be suffering in that process. Like it has to be hard. It has to be long hours. It has to be giving up time with my kids. Like, and I'm really, really like consciously clearing that because, you know, what happens and I imagine even more in the tech space it happens is like, it just becomes the dominant cultural paradigm. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we just, we just fall into that literally. And so I love what you're saying around your desire to really change that paradigm. You're looking to change that blueprint. You're looking to change people's um, DNA and take a stand for, you know, not perpetuating suffering as part of success. So what are you standing for if that's what you're standing against i guess that's my next question
1: yeah um i i feel like my answer is it's not going to be the most polished because i know that i'm on the journey of like understanding and going deeper and i think that's important that it's probably me who's going to be going first so that i can eventually teach this to other people but my Mm. current understanding As somebody, so in that, in the video that I was telling you about, like, I had declared to my community that like, I realized I'm actually 95% complete Mm. with the 20 years of trauma. So I'm Mm. almost at the 100%. And one thing that I noticed in myself is like, I actually think that what actually happens after trauma is what I call like, it's like the returning it's, mm. it's, it's, it's so so the understanding I have is it's actually around like the hero's journey. Uh, and yeah. one of the things, one of the books that really transformed my life was The Alchemist. Mm-hmm. And this this was a, like a long time ago. And for people who don't know The Alchemist, it's an incredible book that is really about life. And I and it's kind of a little bit vague to say, but it really ma- maps onto the human experience and what is it like to be a human. And there's a character in this book, Santiago, who is tasked with a quest, right? Like the hero's journey, mm-hmm. and goes on this journey to really discover himself and to discover the world. Mm. And I find what's been funny in a way of like coming full circle is like, there are things that I'm doing now 20 years later that like, I really cared about when I was like a young girl. Ah. and but the difference is my relationship to it has changed like when I was young and I was trying to cope with like my depression um I used to what I I I I used to write poetry I would write these really really long novels like fantasy novels Mm. um and that was my thing like I I would take all of my emotions and it would channel it through, through poetry and stories. And then when I went through the deepest part of my suffering, I got quote unquote, very, very serious and very, very professional and became, you know, a tech founder, a tech CEO, and then had no time for play and no time for relationships and all that stuff. And now what's funny and coming full circle is, all of that stuff that i had originally lost has come back into my life like i write poetry every day wow i'm currently writing like my first book i dance i you know i i i share video games with my partner and that's a conscious choice that we choose to do and there's a yeah. lot more play and so it's funny now when i look at my leadership and what i notice in this is like the way that i'm showing up for my community like I've always been that person the whole time. Mm. Like, like this, this version of me now that is like basically complete with my trauma and is, you know, coaching community leaders and helping people facilitate safe spaces and all these things. It's like a lot of the things that stand out about me were things that stood out about me like decades ago. Yeah. But this time it's not coming from judgment. It's like, I'm, expressed and I'm going there and I'm allowing the quirkiness to come through. So that's my current theory. (laughs) Oh, wow. After that.
0: Yeah. That's really, really cool. I love how you articulated that with and bringing in the word words like play, Um, you know, and it's the way I envision this is like the trauma in the healing that had to take place with the trauma was kind of like an overlay of that. So it was like, it was in there, but it was buried in there and you had to be willing to open up and release it and let it out to be like, Oh yeah. And, and I'm, I'm here and I'm willing to experience that joy again and that play and not get so mired in my um, trauma that, you know, the play is actually part of the healing. It's a, it's Mm -hmm. a big, it's a big part of the healing. Yeah. So beautiful. Well, I love everything that you've shared. And I just want to share with you, you know, a few of the gifts that you've given me in this episode here are just, I'm like sitting here looking back over my notes or just this whole idea of really, really understanding, like the things that we pick up along the way from other people's stories and how that can exacerbate our trauma. And that, you know, as adults, we have the ability to separate ourselves from the stories. And it it just feels like your early childhood experience gave you the ability, when you went through those three horrific things all at one time, the traumas, it gave you an ability to see those through different eyes and get to that place like you're talking about of completion and healing. And I just really admire your tenacity in always wanting to learn more about how to create that healing, not just for yourself, but for others. It's like, I see it as like a simultaneous journey. You're healing yourself and also healing others as part of that and teaching them, um, how to heal. So I really, I really love that. And I love that, um, you know, you brought in this idea of the it being like a hero's journey and coming back to play and joy and poetry for you and writing. So thank you for that. And I just want to ask you if there's anything else that you want to, you know, as your last words for our listeners that you'd like to share.
1: Thanks just for her just like sharing what, like how, what I shared, how it Im- impacted you—like I really appreciate it and receive that. Wow. Um, yeah, I guess the last thing that comes to mind in terms of sharing is like um, kind of like one one of the things that I've been processing and been really curious about, um, like uh, the movement, right? Like that that I lead is called hashtag Real Talk, and it's. It's funny to look at it where before, when I first started, I thought it was about how to have tough conversations, how to mm. have, you know, how to have the really tough conversations about pain mm. and, and trauma and all these things. And lately, as I go deeper in myself, I actually realized what hashtag real talk actually embodies is about truth. It's oh. about living into your truth. And so my invitation for people, and I'm on this journey the same as all of you, mm-hmm. is like, Um, we're in this really unique scenario right now on the planet where there's almost like a forced pause, a forced slowing down. And a lot of the things that distracted us, they're not there. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's probably people listening to this podcast right now that may be dealing with uncomfortable emotions or existential questions like I did. And so, yeah, my invitation, especially if you're coming from play is just to like lean into that in terms Mm. of like the questions that are coming up and to kind of see just what you discover about yourself.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. It's, it's this whole idea I talk about a lot on the show, which is really living in the question. We're taught to have all the answers. However, I think the answers are actually what create all the anxiety and um, sometimes depression because we're like, oh my gosh, that's the way it is. And then you're like, oh my gosh, if that's the way it is, I don't really like that. But if you live in the question, you stay in that space of like endless possibilities. And that's that's how I see you as somebody who is looking to really create a very deliberate uh, future. And I'm so incredibly grateful that you are able to come on the show today. Would you please tell everybody where they can find you, stay in touch with you? I know you have a fabulous podcast. If you could share that, that'd be great.
1: Yeah. Th- thanks for asking. I mean, our... Our social media handles, if you want to follow and support the movement, it's uh, Real Talk MVMT. It's like shortcut for movement, but Real Talk MVMT. And our podcast is called Hashtag Real Talk with Cherry Rose Tan. And it's got really uh, juicy, but also just very heartfelt stories from tech founders, tech CEOs who are just going very real and sort of... um, yeah, just going really real and allowing you to kind of see themselves in more vulnerable space. So, Oh,
0: that's so awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. And I just know that this is just the beginning of our journey together. And we'll look forward to more meaningful, enriching conversations with you in the future. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. All right, listeners, that's a wrap for this edition of the show. Go out there, make it an amazing day, live in the question, and really ask yourself how you might look into your own pain and trauma and alchemize it to be your greatest strength moving forward. That's a wrap for this episode of The Morning Light Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and share with your loved ones. And for more insights and inspiration, check out my website at firstleadyou.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next time.